Hey friends, thanks for joining us on the Changed Movement podcast. For more resources, visit changedmovement.com or follow us on Instagram. Let's get started. Well, yeah, there we are. So, hey everybody. This morning I am with Tamika Sanders from Coming Out, Inc. Gosh, where should we get started? What do you want to talk about today? Um, I don't know. I asked the Lord several times and he just said, speak from my heart. We don't have a, a plan of discussion. So I'm, I'm following your lead on this. You're following my lead. Well, <laughs> you know, why don't we start? I, I think some of, one of the most profound things about your story. Well, first of all, you don't have same sex attraction or any of that in your background. So can you share how you even got involved in ministry with people experiencing same sex attraction? What's that yeah. story? Yeah, so um, just to reiterate, no, I do not um, have same-sex attraction or have I ever experienced it. However, about uh, 10 years ago in college, when I was accepting my call to ministry, I knew I was called. I didn't know specifically what area or assignment that the Lord would give me, but I just knew that he was calling me to heal, healing and deliverance and helping people to um, find wholeness. That is the work that he was doing it within my um, life at that time. And so um, to make a really long story short, um, the campus ministry, college campus ministry that I was visiting at the time, the pastor there was knew me and was very familiar with me. And he asked me to mentor a young lady that was a member of his church. She had recently gotten baptized there and they were discipling her and she they thought she needed like a closer mentor that um she was a freshman and i was a senior so they felt it would be a good match and we went to the same college so um so upon meeting her she had on like i guess at this you could say boy attire she had on baggy shorts and a baggy shirt and gym shoes but my first radar of you know, her being homosexual or any of that didn't go off. I thought she was an athlete, student athlete, because I had been a student athlete in years ago. And so I didn't think any, that was my first thought, like, oh, she must play basketball. Mm -hmm. And so that was the first thing I said to her. I said, oh, you're a ball player? And she's like, no. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, so she her story and she said that she had been struggling with transgenderism and gender confusion her entire basically her entire life but more recently she had been at, she had given her life to Christ and she had been asking God to help her get out of the lifestyle and to stay out now this time she didn't even know anyone that had ever changed she didn't know it was possible but she just felt in her spirit that this is something that God can do and she knew that the the Holy Spirit was convicting her about the way that she was living and so she said I've been asking God to help me get out and to stay out and so when she told me that part of her story, I immediately was like, and I think this is Ken's favorite part. He's because I'm like, oh, I don't think I can help you with that. <laughs> because at this time, I had never myself heard of anyone changing. I had never met anyone that even had that desire. And the concept of that never really entered my mind. God wasn't speaking to me and at that time about it. So I didn't know that I had the equipment to help her. And so, but lo and behold the lord knew and he revealed it to her through a dream and she corrected me instantly and said no i had a dream after i prayed that prayer that someone was helping me and the girl in the dream looked a lot like you and i think is you 
I know it's you. Like she just kept saying, I know it's you. And I'm like, oh. And so, um, so yeah, but I, I did have a conviction to help her, even though I didn't know how I was going to do it. So I went home and I prayed and I asked the Lord, like, what am I supposed to do with her? It didn't happen right away, maybe about two months or so before I felt like I had the confidence enough to like really help her. And so the Lord just told me to disciple her and that he would lead me of the way and to meet with her every day until I graduated. So that was about six months until graduation. So I met with her and discipled her for six months. Um, and little did I know that that would be the catalyst for catapulting me into the ministry that I have today. Um, years after that incident, I graduated. I went on to school to try and pursue graduate studies. And in the midst of that, the Lord called me to full-time ministry and he said, I know you thought that was a one-time thing helping the young lady, but I've actually called you to the LGBTQ community and I'm going to use you to help people heal. And so I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, and so that's how I got here. And so around 2016, the Lord called me away from my full-time job to answer a call to full-time ministry. And after I was obedient to that it took a while to really believe that um that's what he was asking me to do but once i was obedient to that he gave me the vision for coming out and he said i want to redefine what it means to come out and that he gave me one specific word and said there are people in the lgbtq community pastors apostles prophets evangelism and teachers that are looking for a way out and they can't find it. And so he was like, I want you to go and get those people, show them the way out, disciple them and equip the church and how to help them. So here I am. <laughs> Amazing. I love when we were in Kansas together. So at the, at the beginning of the year in March, um, I took a little team to Topeka, Kansas, and we passed out changed books and talked to members of the legislature there. And you came with us and you shared uh, about a panel discussion that you were invited to tell talk about that I love that story too yes yeah, so um after I graduated I moved to Washington DC where I thought I would pursue um my graduate studies there and so I met a that was I met a young lady while I was there who had a similar testimony of leaving a transgender lifestyle and giving her life to Christ and she was traveling all around the country giving sharing her testimony at colleges and speaking to young women and so upon meeting her she was the second person that i met so outside of the young lady that i mentored meeting her was like oh my god it's an, it's another you know it's a, this is a awesome another person so i really that's when i started realizing like okay this is a thing that god is doing and so she i told her about um helping mentoring the young lady and she shared with me that she also had a mentor so she went to Howard University in Washington, D.C. And so she, on one day she asked me, she said, the LGBT club there is having a panel discussion about um, Christianity and homosexuality. And someone that was supposed to be on the panel dropped out the last minute and they were looking for someone and they asked her if she knew anyone. She was on the panel as well. And so she asked me if I would be a stand-in and so I said oh like I didn't have I had one day to prepare so I had no I agreed but I had no idea what I was going to say I had never spoken on this topic only experience I had was the six months that I discipled the young lady that I was working with and 
it was just like, you know, Lord, what am I going to do? And so when we got to the school for the panel discussion, there were about six or seven people on the panel. And once I got there, I realized that most of the panel was comprised of gay affirming Christians. So there was a gay pastor who was getting ready to get married to his partner and they had a son they were adopting and they both had the churches. They were both pastors and they were both leading their they were both serving in seminary schools and leadership there. And so um, then there was a, um, a transsexual worship leader who had undergone the surgical operations to become a woman. And um, then there was someone that was kind of a neutral playing field. He kind of had a neutral opinion on everything to kind of balance it out. And then there was me <laughs> and the young lady who invited me. And then um, the last person I remember is she was like a liaison of the religious organization on campus, but she was very liberal in her beliefs as it related to sexuality and sin and fornication and anything like it was unbelievable. So, um, so yeah, so it put me in the hot seat at that moment. I realized like Tamika, you can either sink into your fear and your doubts because you don't know, really know what to say. And the whole audience was LGBT. And so it's either you can do that or you can stand up and speak the truth. Well, that also was a challenge because I didn't want to seem like I was being combative or dismissive of the other people on the panel. I didn't want it to sound like it was a bunch of confusion going around. So I didn't know how to respectfully disagree with the other views and also speak the truth in love. So I was challenging God kind of, the Holy Spirit kind of challenged me. Like if, no, if you don't tell the truth, who will on this panel? And you have all these people, it's almost like a window of opportunity to minister, but I had to be bold enough to say something and to trust that the Lord was going to put the words in my mouth of what to say. And so I answered the questions. I figured out ways to agree to disagree in respectful ways. I smiled a lot when I didn't agree and so that it would kind of cushion the blow. Um, <laughs> and so it was very difficult. But I remember afterwards, like I had my head down because I was, when it ended, I was so nervous at what was going to, people were going to say and who was going to approach me. And so they were, they were open up things to Q and A and people could walk up to you and ask you questions. So I had my head down because I was trying to look like I didn't want anyone to ask that. <laughs> right. I was nervous. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, but when I looked up, there were about 10 to 15 people in front of me and they were in tears and they said, I've never heard the truth, a Christian speak the truth with so much love and so much compassion. And they said, we didn't feel judged. We felt, they felt convicted actually. And it may, and some of them said they didn't necessarily feel convicted, but it did make them think and reconsider. And then they started telling me their horror stories of being in the church and being gay and getting kicked out and being judged and being taunted and gossiped about and bullied. And I'm like, this was happening in the church. And so I was in tears after they were in tears and they asked me several times, can we be a part of your mentoring program? Can we, and I'm like, I don't have a mentor. I don't have one. I don't have an organ. At this time I didn't, I didn't have coming out. It didn't exist. And it wasn't an idea. God hadn't revealed it. So this was about three years prior to God revealing to me about coming out. So they were asking to be a part of a mentoring program that did not exist yet, but they wanted, some people wanted to help and volunteer. Some people wanted to get mentorship. And so for the first time I had a personal grievance and conviction 
because I felt like I wanted to help them and I didn't have anything to, I couldn't do anything for them. And it, it like, I think it was like a righteous indignation, if that's the right word, like kind of like, I have to do something about this. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't realize that there were so many people that, you know, were secretly wanting to change. They were just looking for the right person to love them through that. So what is your, you know, well, first of all, I just, I love that you are able to stand in that neutral space. Like you're able to stand with the Lord and see both sides and want to represent Jesus humbly and kindly, tenderly, you know, so that people are invited, people are drawn to Christ. And I mean, that's, a lot of people, I don't know about you, but when every, I, I would say almost every time Ken and I speak publicly, people are asking, um, how do you, how do you talk to LGBT identifying people? Like, what do you do? How do you, and, and I think that early on, Ken and I, when we were speaking publicly, we learned that it was vitally important that you do come in with this really generous, humble attitude that invites people into your space and you you are so good at that you're so good at that yeah um, and it's funny because when you just want to comment on that whenever so before i quit my full-time job i was working as a massage therapist and also worked a little bit in marketing and once i realized the lord was calling me to the lgbt um, community every time I, I didn't know in what capacity still. So I just knew I was called to that. And so every time I found out one of my coworkers was gay, I would always try to be their friend. And they like, I don't want it to sound like, you know, oh, I was just seeking out the gay people trying. I didn't have an agenda. I really just wanted to love them and to get to know them and to be their friend. And then my hope, yes, was that if they ever wanted to change, they would know that they had a Christian that they could trust. And so I never went in trying to change them. I never sought their friendship to try and push Christ onto them. I really was just their friend building trust so that if the day ever presented where they wanted change, they would know Tamika is someone I can trust. Um, And so like, for those that are wondering, like, how do you talk? You talk to them like you would talk to anyone else. Um, But you can be, as a Christian, you can be intentional about discipleship and trying to make disciples and um, speaking the truth and love, but you can also be intentional about just building practical relationships. And so I think relationships can go so much further. When someone trusts you, then they can trust what you have to say, even if it goes against the way they're living. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, like I remember one lady, um, and this is a quick story. She had, she was living with her partner and they had kids and she asked me if I, she came to my desk one day and she said, Tamika, do you like dogs? And I was honest. I said, I hate dogs. And she said, you hate them? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I do not, I'm not a dog person. And she goes, she just looked really disappointed. And I said, why? What's up? And she said, oh, me and my partner are going out to a vacation and we wanted someone to come over and dog sit for us. And I immediately, I didn't see that as like, oh, well, I'm glad I missed that. I saw this window of opportunity. So I said, oh, I can do that. Like I had to change really quickly. And so she's like, really? Like her, her face lit up. She said, really? 
like out of all the people, it wasn't like her and I were super close. We didn't even, our desks weren't even near each other, but out of all the people you come and ask me, can I dog sit? And some Christians may have been like, I don't want to go over, you know, I don't know what they're doing. They're gay. I don't know. You know, some people, Christians may have had that mindset, but I saw it as a window of opportunity to minister or to befriend them, mm-hmm. to show them love, to pray. I played worship music the whole time I was in their home. I brought the presence of God with me. We are the vessels and we're like the Ark of the Covenant. We carry the presence of God everywhere we go. So if someone that's a sinner is inviting me into their home, I'm bringing the presence of God into their house. And so that's how I chose to look at it. And um, I don't know, I still would have been apprehensive after someone told me they hate dogs, but I, <laughs> I was able to quickly get around that. And get on there. Yeah. And every time she needed a, someone to babysit or, I mean, not babysit, but sit for her dogs um she would always and then eventually see she started leaving her kids um there with me trusting me and so i would you know we would sing and dance and pray and it was just a really good thing and they never felt judged they were the nicest couple i ever met and to this day you know i know that there's a trust there and they had an encounter with the lord through my through me so Mm -hmm. yeah that's so good i mean it really is a matter of seeing seeing people i mean just seeing who they really are just seeing people and and letting go of all of the the presumptions and and fears you, you and kevin go out and do some street ministry too am i yes. how long have how long have you been doing that and and what do you do when you go out to a pride parade or something like that yes yeah, so kevin came to last year and kind of put the fire under my butt to get going on certain things that God had revealed to me that we needed to do, which one of those things was evangelism, evangelizing. And so when he spoke and said there are ministers and pastors and prophets in the LGBTQ community and they don't have the way out, the only way to find them is to go fishing, Um, you know, as the Bible would relate it to. um, And so in that way, we would go out to the Pride, Gay Pride Festivals, and um, Kevin's plan was to have snacks and water and free things that we would give away. And then I would create testimony cards, and we would take a group of evangelism, maybe four to five people. I think that the most one um, in San Antonio, we might have had like 15 evangelists come and most of those were overcomers. And so mm. people that have already left the lifestyle going back to share their testimonies at the pride festivals, we do it in love. We don't have bullhorns. We're not yelling at folks. Um, we're actually having conversation and talking to them and sharing the gospel and sharing love and praying for them. And usually the water and the snacks, there's free giveaways, but it's also a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't believe Kevin when he told me how far water would go at a pride festival. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, water? But we took water and Gatorade. And I mean, the idea, most of those people are drinking alcohol or they're dehydrated because it's so yeah, hot. It's hot. And, and everything is mostly for sale. So giving away free mar- water was like the golden ticket. And so people would come over and just be like, oh my God, who are you? Why are you doing this? Like they would be so thankful. And, and so it opened the opportunity for us to be able to share what God is doing in our lives and pray with people. And one of them, I think one of me and Kevin's most favorite memories was one man who 
he was um, in his mid forties and he came and he talked to us for about an, almost an hour that we ministered mm -hmm. to him. And he shared with us that he had been sexually abused. Um, and that was the first time that he had ever told anyone that. Wow. And so we were able to pray with him and, and talk him through forgiveness of his abuser. And he said before that, he never thought about forgiving his abuser. He never told anyone. And so months later, I did see that man again. And he was so excited to tell me that he didn't want to be with his partner anymore. And God was doing the work in him. And he thanked us for our ministry. And so, so many times we left the pride parade thinking, are we even being effective? Are we, is anybody being changed? I know Kevin would look on the ground to see if all of our flyers were somehow in a pile in the garbage. <laughs> right. And they never were. Like we never saw. And so we don't know what seeds were being planted, but we were just being obedient. And we may not see the full manifestation of our work. And we may, but the point is going out, planting the seeds, letting people know we're there and loving on them and giving them a different narrative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and not saying you have to change or it's, a, it's about change. It's about Jesus and it's about his love for people and what's possible. Yes. What, is, you know, what does discipleship look like? You talk a lot about discipleship. So what are some of your, uh, your practical tools in your discipleship program? So um, I just want to just kind of backtrack to my own personal experience with discipleship before I answer that. So I grew up in church, more of like a Pentecostal apostolic, very traditional and very churchy, <laughs> very, um, yeah. And so discipleship wasn't anything that I heard about growing up. My church, you know, it was, um, they talked about the Holy Spirit, getting a feel with the Holy Spirit. Baptism was a big thing we talked about. We learned the Bible stories and stuff, but discipleship was not a thing I heard until I got to college. And when I got to college is when I started to develop my own personal relationship with God. And the Lord led me to a little small Hispanic church. Um, and there, the young adult pastor who was Panamanian, he discipled me. Like they had a, they had discipleship and I didn't know. I'm like, what is discipleship? And mm -hmm. And so what was discipleship under, under them? Under there. Um, well, basically they teach you why, you know, what the gospel is, why we believe what we believe, why is baptism important? Why is the Holy Spirit important? Why, like it was like all the things in my previous church, it was just like implied this church mm -hmm. took the time to really explain why and show us through scripture. And then it was also about teaching us how to develop a relationship with the Lord. So he taught me how to hear from God, how to recognize God's voice and just planting seeds that God can speak to us, planting seeds that, you know, understanding what healing is as it relates to, um, you know, the Bible and God doing healings. And just, it was just like bringing the words in the book to life and making them applicable to every day. And I think the biggest takeaway from discipleship is learning that God can be involved in every area of our lives. And that has been the biggest change. Like he's not just a part of my Sunday mornings at church. Like he's here with me on, on Thursday night <laughs> too. And so that is a big part of my discipleship when I'm mentoring one-on-one 
is teaching the girls how to develop a personal intimate relationship with the Lord and how to allow him how to walk with God through their own healing process. I'm only a tool and a best and a temporary tool at that. And so my goal is that once, you know, the mentorship has completed or they feel like they're, they're ready to move on, they can take the tools that they're learned and continue to walk with the Lord and continue to walk in freedom on their own um, and continue to walk in wholeness. And so a big, uh, the most important part is really teaching them how to develop intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. So good. So powerful. I mean, once you learn the voice of the Lord and, and know how to kind of measure what you're hearing against scripture and know what scripture says, that, that balance of those two things, um, the healing journey really opens up. Yeah, it does. So much so, even in my own personal life, I can speak about to that. Yeah, mine too. Um, <laughs> and so, I was going to say all of the tools that the Lord has given me for um, the mentoring and the healing process, which a curriculum is still being written for that. Um, mm-hmm. but all of the tools in, that he given me and the revelations he given me had been as a result of him walking me through my own healing process. So him walking me through forgiving, forgiveness, forgiving childhood abandonment, forgiving abuse, forgiving, um, you know, and so him walking me through the steps of my own deliverance and my own healing and that giving, in that discovering revelations on how to help someone else heal. So So what's on your heart right now? Like we're coming in to the last few minutes probably of our time together. Um, I don't know. Does anyone have any questions? I don't know who's watching, if there are any comments. Um, I think the biggest thing that's on my heart is, um, I know that, well, two things. One thing, I know that during this um, pandemic or the time that we've been quarantined, I know that it's probably been difficult for a lot of people, but mainly overcomers who um, need community or in need of community and can't, Mm -hmm. um, and they've been struggling. And so I just want to encourage them to press on and to, um, not see this as something that's stopping them from finding freedom, but also, but seeing this as a window of opportunity to find freedom in their own personal time with the Lord. Um, God uses our community. He uses other people he uses the church, he uses, those are all resources. You are with the source of love every single day. His name is Jesus Christ, his name, you know, and so the source of love is with you and abides with you and lives inside of you. And so um, we can't become so dependent on the resources that when they're gone, we feel like our lives are falling apart. We don't have you know, the, the, the freedom anymore. We can't walk in wholeness or we can't walk in holiness and we can't, you know, fight our, um, fight our temptations. You can, and the power that dwells within you gives you dominion over the sin that you're struggling with. So I just want to encourage people, you know, encourage those that are struggling that have found loneliness and depression in this time. I haven't been on social media as much, but I have seen some people this being a depression time because they don't have 
their community and they don't have their church and that kind of thing. And those things will come back around. But right now, use this as a window of opportunity to really press into the Lord and develop that one-on-one -on -one time. And that's really where you're going to see the breakthrough. Yeah, that's that's beautiful advice. And before we started, we were kind of talking about just our own journeys through this season. I think it's been from the Lord a time to say, hey, we're going to stop everything and disrupt your process so that we can deal with you and your heart right now mm -hmm. So for the next season. Exactly. And, and so it's a powerfully, powerfully important time of equipping and self-evaluation and understanding the now moment. So I don't see God revealing a lot about um, what's going to happen seven or eight months ahead of now. You know, he's really, for, at least for me and, and most of my friends, talking about this moment right now and who we are right now. And so, so it's vitally important to yeah. to reconnect and build your relationship with him yeah well i'm so, i'm so pleased you could join us and i'm sorry that ken wasn't able to join us this morning we'll have to set up another time to make it where you can see his face because i know that he got a haircut yesterday and that was a oh, big wow. deal i just want to say hi and i miss you and i can't wait to see you again <laughs> do you think you could pray over everybody for us Yes, most definitely. Um, one of, I want to share this too. I guess the Lord dropped this in my spirit earlier this morning while I was getting ready. It was kind of like, um, there's. Uh, I remember when, I, when, when you and I, Elizabeth, left um, Kansas in March. And I was, when I was coming home, the Lord was speaking to me about pretty much how he wanted me to respond to this season of quarantine. And he basically said, like, I don't want you on social media. I want you spending time with me and, and don't be consumed with the news. And so um, he reminded me of that this morning. I just want to share that with some people that are listening. Um, the news can be so overwhelming, especially now. The news is, I had to tell someone this because I used to want to be a journalist. The, the news, the media is a business. And they get there, they get paid by having the best story, the best headline and putting it out first. And so when that is their business, they're going to do that every day. And if we continue to engulf ourselves in that too much, it can be a burden to our spirits, to our minds, to our mood. It can in, induce fear. It can induce anxiety and depression. And so I just want to tell people to be informed, but don't let the information consume you. And so and that's moving forward, be informed, don't, you know, be smart about the condition that the country is in, but don't let the information consume you. The world is going to do what the world is going to do, and God is going to do what he's going to do. And so we have to find out where we fit in that. And so um, I want to just pray for everyone. I want to pray um, for those that have been feeling depressed during this time. I want to pray for those that have been feeling financially burdened um, with bills or haven't been able to pay their bills because of the pandemic and not being able to work. I just want to pray that for healing across, uh, you know, that. So, um, so yes. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you will come upon me and that you arrest on me and that you give me the words. I thank you so much for this call. I thank you for Elizabeth and can being obedient to the call and with the change movement. I thank you for the opportunity that you have given me and the platform that you have given me to be a mouthpiece for your kingdom. 
I ask for every single person that is, that is watching this um, video and every person that will see the replay, that your spirit will come to wherever they are, that your presence will go to wherever they are, and that you will take the fullness of all that you are to them, the fullness of your love, the fullness of your joy, the fullness of your healing, the fullness of your peace to their minds and to their hearts, God. Ask that you will heal the spirit of heal their spirit of depression, that you will remove it and give them a garment of praise. Take off the spirit of heaviness and give them a garment of praise. I ask that you will wipe their tears, that you will give them joy, that you will rejoice over them with singing and with gladness, and that they will have a burst of joy even in the midst of the saddest times, God. I pray for those who are grieving loved ones who have been sick or who have passed away during this season, that you will give them comfort, God, that you will give them love, and that you will surround them with your love, and that you will they will feel your hugs and your presence during this time. They will know that you will never leave them nor forsake them. And I pray that you will bless people financially, that you will be a provider. Your word says you provide all our needs according to the riches of your glory. So I pray that you provide every need that every person have on this call. And I ask that you will cover their families with the blood of Jesus as they go and start returning to work. And I ask that every single person on this call will receive the freedom and the wholeness that you have available through Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And I just want to pray over you really quick, Tamika. I just, we are so thankful for you. Thankful for um, your journey. Thank you that you model what it looks like to love with the love of Jesus, the LGBTQ community. And, and I just want to bless you and coming out, Inc., in this upcoming season and all that's going to be happening with, with coming out. And I, I really believe that um, this is going to be a season of promotion, like this time of, of rest and, and reevaluation is unto something really big. And so I know you're highly visionary, like you're so visionary and you're always thinking, okay, what is out there? But I think you're going to start to see some of those things come to fruition effortlessly. And so I just bless you with favor. I bless you with provision. I just, I'm very thankful for you. And um, yeah, amen, amen, amen. <laughs> thank you for that. And I'm yeah. thankful for you as well, Elizabeth. <laughs> you know, it took some time for us to really have a moment to really bond and get to know each other. But I still feel like you are an observer and you watch and you have mm -hmm. always seen me. Mm -hmm. um, even though you haven't always said much, but I always felt like God was giving you an inside scope on Tamika and um, just mm. the call that God has given me. So I thank you for seeing me. That's yeah. very important. And just seeing the gift that God has placed and giving me an opportunity to share that with the change movement. So I do appreciate you as well. And oh. you're <laughs> no, it's not easy. Um, I thank you so much. So, well, I just want to talk to everybody on Facebook. Thanks for joining us this morning and um, tune in again next week, again at 9.30 a.m. Pacific time. And then you might have seen this morning that um, Cecil Jackman posted a new update talking about um, an initiative that we're going to um, begin leaning into, which is prayer here on the Change Movement site. A lot of people send us um, requests for prayer or 
put out concerns, please pray for me, I'm really struggling and those kinds of things. We get so many requests for those. And, and so we want to actually cover you. We, we want to more than just posting something on the site and asking people to see your post and reflect on that and, and pray for you that moment. We want to actually be much more intentional so that all of changed feels covered. And so starting next week, um, I, th I think Cecil posted um, a schedule. I don't remember what time it was, but I think he had decided that on Friday um, evening Eastern time, he would start kind of praying through some of the prayer requests that come. And so if you have um, a prayer request, what we're asking is go ahead and put, and put it as a post to be approved and Cecil and, and um, Christine are going to be collecting those and then praying over those live next week. And if you, if you want to join in in prayer, um, join that live, that Facebook live and um, be a part of, of kind of this new initiative. Because I, I feel like it's vitally important that we all begin praying together. So um, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Um, bless you, Tamika. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining. Thanks for listening. We're glad you joined us. For more content, visit changedmovement.com and follow us on social media. And remember, changed is possible.